Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's get the latest from Green Bay from Mike Clemens. Brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veterans Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. They're doing it exactly the way you want them to do it, and he's played the position. So just to have a your coach, that's someone that, that played the exact scheme with you from day one. I think it just de- definitely helps the, the you know like the teaching curve. I've been very impressed with, with Kevin's approach. I mean, he is he's a first year coach, and he's done everything we've asked. He's got incredible passion, but I really like the way his position group works, and they're focused, they're hardworking, and they definitely resemble their coach. That's Packers, former Packers head coach Mike McCarthy back in 2009. Kevin Green had a great career as a linebacker. Third in sacks on the list right now, the sack master. Played with the Rams, played with the Steelers, played with Carolina. The Niners went back to Carolina. And then in 2009, you hear the news that Kevin Green is the outside linebackers coach. And you think, that Kevin Green? From WCW? That Kevin Green? And of course, you know, he was a fan favorite. The moment in the Super Bowl, he told Clay, it is time. The fumble that happened after that. And then we learn uh, of his passing at the age of 58. Mike Clemens, Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Mike Clemens, NFL on Twitter. You know, it's always a shock when you hear that someone passes away. But 58, man, that is, that sucks. And and a guy with Kevin's energy, uh, just being around him a um, couple of years ago uh, at his Hall of Fame induction, um, you know, more to come. Don't know cause of death. Wife Tara releasing the information yesterday. But I just wanted to spend some time to talk about him, not just because of the fact that he was a you know outside linebackers coach for the Green Bay Packers for five years, but this was such a football story. This was such a, this is such a football guy. Um, Granite City South High School in Illinois, small town, small school. And like everything this guy does, he's an ROTC in high school, and then he gets into the military. And even after he goes to Auburn, you know, and earns a job there and gets to be, I think it was a fifth round pick for the Rams, he's still doing like some reserves on the side. He got to captain a paratrooper, you know, on the side because he just kept grinding all the time. Just such a blue collar player, and I didn't, you know, get to. I wasn't around him as a player. Um, when he's with the Steelers and all that. And I, I didn't get into, I guess, visitor locker rooms back then like I can now. But, you know, just on TV, you'd think, this guy's probably nuts, right? He's probably a jerk. So now here he is 
you know, retired and a coach. And, you know, you fall in love with a guy because he's so honest. He knows what the hell he's talking about. Um, he watches the film. He teaches the technique. So here he is, Bart, it, and we're down there in the hallway, just down outside the locker room, one-on-one. And Ted has drafted this kid that was a walk-on at USC who's got all this legacy in his family named Kevin Matthews. And so we said, hey, we've had these rookie mini camps. We're talking to Coach Kevin Green. What do you think about uh, number 52 out there uh, developing in practice? Do you, do you think he's going to be an instinctive player? That's a good question. Uh, I think he will improve. Um, I have to get to put my hands on the man and get him into practice and get a good feel of him. I mean, you have to understand the NFL is a, is a total different level than college. I mean, it's just a different deal altogether. I mean, but everything I've seen about him, I can honestly say with confidence, I really like about this kid. And well, I'm assuming you mean Clay Matthews, correct? Okay, good. Uh, but everything I've seen, uh, I, I want big things for him, just like I'm sure he wants big things for himself and for the Packers. So you really need to have that. That um, that knows who is a beast in the middle that can command a double team, and when you have that, that's that's a real unselfish position. It's not a really big grammar position, but that knows if he wants a double team against the run, then you have inside backers that can scrape on the corner and do a lot of things and make a lot of big hits and make everybody go ooh and ah. You know, those are the those are the hits that that everybody wants and what we want. You know, Clay Matthews, Packers trade up to get this guy, and, you know, he comes from a good bloodline of NFL family, and what a what a guy to have as your coach right away in Kevin Green. Yeah, and from the pick that they got from the Jets when they traded away Favre, that's how Ted brought in Clay Matthews. And within a year and a half, here we go. Now, and, and Kevin Green, you know, he plays football, and then he's, he has six internships, and he's having a hard time getting hired. And Dom Capers then picks him up and gives him a job as an outside linebackers coach. And after Kevin left after five years, um, then Winston Moss became the outside linebackers coach. And I'm not sure that that was an improvement by any means. Uh, And I'll talk more about that in just a second. But it's just, you heard Kevin there, and when you would talk to him, I mean, he knew so much about football. He had so many experiences. He And he could diagram it and explain it in terms that, you know, that the players could uh, understand. And at the same time, when you're having a conversation with him, if you asked him two or three things, he would stop you and say, look, I got short-term memory, so I may not remember your second question. So, And you had to work with him one thing at a time because he'd taken a lot of hits, man. He took a lot of hits. So here we are just two years later, and Clay Matthews is part of that young group that Ted put together with Jennings and Rodgers and Jordy and everybody else, and now they are in the Super Bowl. So Charles Woodson, you know, had given that speech in Chicago. The, you know, well, if he's not going to come and see us, then we'll take it to the White House, right? He was the vocal leader of that team that won Super Bowl forty-five. And, you know, even Rodgers told me the other day, yeah, you know what, I was here to win one for Rodgers and Donald Driver as a 25, 26-year-old quarterback. So here's that NFL film, mic'd up, and you got um, you got Charles Woodson out of the game with a broken collarbone, and you got it's the start of the fourth quarter. It's close. The Packers are up 
I think by a touchdown. But you you think the Steelers are going to you know put this thing together, and so he goes to Clay Matthews in the fourth quarter, Super Bowl forty five, and says, "Look, Woodson is the leader. I don't know everybody sees in him. It is the time. Here's Kevin Green to Clay." Everybody looks up to Wood as being a leader. He's gone. Nobody's standing up and rallying the troops. It is time. It is time. Second and two, Pittsburgh at the Green Bay thirty three. Check left. Check left. Spill it, pick it. Get off to Mike, that Super Bowl, you know, we all have our memories of watching it, and the Steelers are driving down the field, and I'm thinking this game's gonna get away from us. This game is gonna get away from the Packers. And you got Pat Lee in there. Yeah. With Woodson out. And Donald Driver on the sideline. Yeah, and Jared Bush. And you're saying, oh, okay. So Clay yeah, Matthews. This is it. This is it. You're worried about it. Then Clay Matthews forces this fumble. People go nuts. Packers win the game. You you check out. I mean, then after they win a Super Bowl, man, I, I want to see every angle, every camera, every mic'd up, everything. And you see Kevin Green and what he told Clay right before that. It is time. And I still, I reference that. I don't even realize how much I reference that with friends, with buddies, with family. I'm always, whenever there's a big moment, I'm always saying, it is time, and that's because of what Kevin Green said to Clay Matthews. And that's because you know what you got a twenty-four-year-old football player out there, and suddenly he finds himself in the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, his dad and his uncles have played and all that, but still, man, it's huge. You're just lost. You're numb, and that's why it takes that veteran player, that that guy becoming a coach, to look at you and say, "Focus. This is this is what you need to do. Go ahead." Roll the dice, take the gamble, make the play. It's now or never, and that's what you need from sideline coaching from time to time, necessarily than just the analytics and headsets and radio helmets and all that kind of stuff. It's still that's still a part of the game. So Dom Capers um, is the assistant to Dick LeBeau with those Steelers in the early nineties. And Green was so-so when he was with the Rams, but, you know, Dom is using him on that outside zone blitz, the red dog, you know, and, and blitzing quarterbacks. And Kevin Green, too, was, was funny. When he, would, uh, when he would sack guys, when he would sack Dan Marino or Joe Montana or this young Brett Favre, guys he thought were probably going to go in the Hall of Fame, Warren Moon, he would save those gloves he was wearing in that game, and then he would date it. Yeah, I sacked Marino on this date. <laughs> <laughs> in this quarter, and he kept that entire collection of gloves. And when he got inducted to the Hall of Fame, that they they had like a little mock uh, locker of his time as a Pittsburgh Steeler with all those actual gloves that he wore in those games. That's how much he loved football. And so then, uh, Capers is the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, and they come to Green Bay for that NFC Championship against Holmgren and Reggie and Brett a chilly day up at Lambeau Field. So he was on, on that side of the ball for that before he finished up his time. And then, as I say, uh, years later, as an intern and no one really looking at him, Dom Capers knows what he could get in Kevin Green, brings him as the outside linebackers coach, and a five-year run in Green Bay. So now you got Kevin going into the Hall of Fame in Canton. And we drove down there because it was far, Eddie DeBarlow, the owner of the uh, 49ers, and Tony Dungy was in that class. But it was Kevin... And, and Brett that whole week. And so, of course, um, he started off his Hall of Fame speech in front of about 30,000 
fans that night uh, and thanked his mentor, Dom Campers. I want to thank my presenter, Dom Capers. I have known Dom Capers and his wife, Karen, since 1993. He brought me to the Pittsburgh Steelers and put me in a position to affect games. And then with the Carolina Panthers, he was the head coach there, and he brought me there, and he put me in a position to affect games. And then he brought me to the Green Bay Packers, and he put me in a position... He put me in a position to teach others to affect games. Oh, good pop there for the Packers. Yeah, yeah. So let me tell you about Hall of Fame week in Canton. Because we just see, you know, a couple of clips of guys putting on gold jackets. We see guys like the next day before the, the Hall of Fame game, which is in the preseason, which, of course, got canceled. We were there because all the paint that coagulated on the AstroTurf field. So the game against the Colts and Andrew Luck got called off. But because it was Favre, and it was such a great class, too, I mean, this place was packed. It was like a high school field. I think they had like 30,000 people that night. Beautiful night, outstanding speeches. And you heard Kevin there in his speech. Favre was outstanding, too. The thing is, you, so you win the Hall of Fame, and you're down there like Monday, and you go to a breakfast, and you're a keynote speaker, and people are paying money to get in. And then you go to a luncheon, and you're a speaker, and people are paying money to get in. And then you've got to do a little media, and you get asked you know, questions. What was the biggest play of your career? This is still 1 o'clock Monday afternoon. This goes, you know like when you go to a wedding, and you show up on Friday night, and you have the rehearsal. You haven't seen that family or friends for a while, so you go through the rehearsal, and you have a rehearsal dinner. And then Saturday is the wedding, and then the reception, and then you, know, you, you stay at the hotel room. And then the next day, you might go over to the house and watch them open gifts, and you kind of recall what happened at the wedding the night before. And about then, you've had your fill, right? You've seen your family, your friends, right? You've, you've had yeah, give me the hell home. Yeah, it's time to get home. Now, imagine if that wedding lasted another four days. That's what the Hall of Fame is like. I mean, uh, is it open bar? That's a big, that, that matters. It just goes, it goes on and on. So even after they give them their speeches the night before, and the busts are there and the whole thing, they still got to get up on Sunday morning, and they got to go to a brunch. Then they got to go to some other luncheon. Then they got to do some dinner yet. And they got, so I'm standing next to Farb and Kevin, and Farb and Kevin were sort of get, helping each other get through this week because it's like Farb says, "I don't know about you, but I'm tired of talking about myself." <laughs> I mean, it's been seven days, man. What you know? Are you, st- you serious? We still got three more of these to do because they're all fundraisers. That whole week is how they fundraise to keep the Pro Football Hall of Fame going and these things that they do. It's it's a wonderful thing. It's a small-town thing. But that's what's so funny and such an insight. And Kevin goes, come on, come on, Brett, come on, here we go. So they go up into the stage. There's 18,000 people on a Sunday afternoon, the day after they'd given their speeches, and they did this roundtable. And then the host said to Kevin, he goes, all right, let me ask you this. Um, who's a current player right now that's in the NFL you think deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? You know, I look at J.J. Watt first. I mean, I mean, no doubt he is a beast and, and, and having a great career so far in all these defensive MVPs. Uh, but I would definitely be, you know, remiss if I didn't say Clay Matthews. I think Clay Matthews...
And I, and I know I had my hand on him there for five years, but he just came out of the gate hitting on all cylinders, just the athleticism that that young man has, the, the vision that that young man has been able to develop. Well, I don't know if he gets there, though. Clay. I've offended Mike Clemens. I, okay, maybe Mike thinks that Clay is a Hall of Famer. Oh, my God. I, Jeez. Uh, Sorry, I just thought we'd have a discussion about it, but got to hang up on me. I'm trying to do a radio show, Mike, and you're hanging up on me. Oh, he's back on? Uh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, Mike, uh, um, drop phone calls happen. How are you? Good, I'm back. So, yeah, he, he tells that great story about J.J. Uh, Watt and about uh, that maybe Clay should be in the Hall of Fame someday. And then the next thing is that they go to, to Brett Favre, and this is where, you know, it's just awesome because these guys are relaxed, the careers are over, they open up, and they talk about guys that they faced. And so, you know, people thought about Kevin being a crazy guy, and, you know, that was his persona, you know, on the NFL films. But Favre was asked, who are some of the toughest guys or biggest trash talkers you faced on Sundays? Like, I hated playing against Kevin Green. He was wild. He was not really a trash talker. I mean, he it, 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 he, it was like he threw it and he kind of tapped you on the shoulder and he was like, I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. <laughs> now, and you were like, he, he is getting closer. <laughs> You're like, we got 10 more minutes. Mm. Now, Warren Sapp, on the other hand, this was, he would start before the first play. We played the first Monday night game in Raymond James Stadium. Warren was, he had arrived by this point, had been playing for several years. Their defense really started getting really good. So we, we start a new left guard, first start for him ever. And the guy ended up being a great player. He played with New England for a long time. Joe Andrews, he was his name. No one knew how, you know, what, what Joe was going to do and how, how great of a career he would have. But he was starting as Warren Sapp, his first game. First Monday night game ever in Raymond James Stadium. Place is electric. They're blowing the cannon out of the, the pirate ship. They're all this stuff. We walk up to the line. Did not run shotgun at the time. Go up to the line. Joe's right here. Warren Sapp lines up right across from him and gets down on the knee. Looks up at Joe and he says, Joe, you picked the wrong night to make your first start. <laughs> And when I said hut, Joe's still in the stance. <laughs> Me and Warren were back there, and he said, going to be a long night for <laughs> And it was. You know, all the different times I've tried to dislike Favre in my life, man, I hear him tell a story, I'm just, I'm just captivated. I just, I just listen to him forever. And, and Bart, when you're in the room, I've been in the room with him when I was in a room where they had uh, – Donovan McNabb, Dorsey Levins. I, I can go on and on. I can name 20 players from the uh, early 2000s era. And, the, you know, they're all ribbing each other and poking and making fun and trying to tell embarrassing stories and putting their arms around them and slapping and talking loud and all that. All of a sudden, four walks in the room. It's a couple of years ago. Brett walks in. They, they're all like fans. They all turn into children. Yeah. The guy has total command of the room because of that 
because of who he is and the swagger and the stories and the sense of humor, the comedy. Just out to 18,000 people, and you think like you're sitting in the living room with this guy and Kevin telling those stories that night. So that's, that's why this is so sad, Kevin Green gone with those stories at the age of 58. Well, I'm glad you had all that uh, what we call in the biz tape available because it's good to, you know, just do a little more than just say, "Oh, Kevin Green died." Uh, you well, know. you know, yeah, there's some people that like they don't even go to if they get media passes, they're just sitting there. It's I, I'm I'm there to work. I'm there to tell stories. I'm trying to share this with fans, and um, but I, God, what a sad story because you just hope for years to come, you can get these guys on your radio show to tell those stories. Because uh, they open up more, you know. It's long since passed, and they're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. They're grateful to the teams, you know, that paid them. But you know, when you get them off to the side, the stories that they tell, oh, outstanding, just outstanding. The current Packers—they've got seven Pro Bowlers, six starters. There's no game, but they do have a game against the Titans this weekend. Uh, Matt Lafleur revenge game. Although Matt Lafleur's had a lot of different stops in the. League, so there's a lot of different Matt LaFleur revenge games. But this one, he's going to face a guy who he coached under in Mike Vrabel. Yeah, I heard James Jones on a network say that, uh, oh, yeah, Packers are going to beat these Carolina Panthers 45-17, no problem. It's like, wait, are you watching the games? Because, you know, did you see what happened last night to the Steelers against the Bengals? There is parity in the league. Yeah, any given any given Monday, everybody. Well, you know, and it's it's week sixteen, and players are beat up. Whether you're you know you were nine and zero, and now you're eleven and two or three or whatever like that. Um, so the thing about the Panthers is that you know Lafleur warned everybody about what they're seeing on the tape. They got this weird three three five defense. Once they got actually got in the field with it. Rodgers had trouble. They they doubled Devontae. They couldn't get other things going. The running game worked great. Uh, it's inexplicable why they couldn't run the same running plays in the second half. The Panthers got really banged up, too. I mean, they had a long line for x-rays when they got back to Carolina. That great Brian Burns kid, 53, the defensive end in the second year, he had to have an MRI for a knee injury. Bavarian Roy, the defensive tackle right next to him, Troy Pride, one of their uh, starting corners. Yeah, that that should put a scare into this team. That listen, you got to figure it out. You got to listen to the coaches. Everybody's got to work together. You you can't just depend on the coaches to come up with the game plan. You have to study the tape as well. Now Matt Lafleur is going to be going up against the guy that he kind of owes, Mike Vrabel, the former Patriots linebacker, big dude, about six three, six four, two fifty. Um, gave him a chance to be an offensive coordinator and call plays in the games for the one year, Marcus Mariota. And now he's facing this guy who, you know, took those Titans to the playoffs last year. And so somebody asked Lafleur uh, after he'd been watching the film, we were talking to him Sunday afternoon, he's in his, in his office. Hey, so if you and Rabel square off in the parking lot of Lambeau Field, who wins that match? I think he whipped my ass, to be quite honest. Uh, <laughs> talking about a former NFL player, it's a pretty big dude. So hopefully we can go toe-to-toe, our, our team versus their team, and we can come out on top. But, uh, you know, I got a lot of respect for Mike. Uh, you know, I learned a lot from him. I thought he was he's a great leader and does a great job getting his football team prepared to play each and every week. So we know it's going to be a, a very, very challenging matchup, and but one that uh, 
I think our guys will be excited to to take on. That game will be on Sunday night. Uh, everybody's worried about Derrick Henry. You know, I, I, on that Panthers game, when they struggled in the second half, I, I think a lot of it was execution. I, I think, you know, Packer fans see a bad second half, they're going to think, oh, conservative because of McCarthy. But, you know, the offensive line was really bad. Patrick struggled. Bakhtiari, Brian Burns was all over Bakhtiari. And they had plays. They just, I thought they didn't execute. I don't know what you saw in that second half. And I don't know how much Jamal Williams, when he dropped out with the quad injury, and I saw him on the exercise bike, he might be 50-50, you know, to play this week. But yeah, Jones look- missed on some pass protection. I saw yeah. some of that. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, here's the other thing, too. One of the players we were talking about from the Panthers after the game, uh, what was that guy's name? Douglas. Rasul Douglas is the corner. He, he said, somebody's asking, so what kind of adjustments you make at halftime? He said, we didn't make any adjustments. We just started playing. You know, you're 24 years old, and you're with the Carolina Panthers, and you got a first-year coach, and you you lost your total off-season to learn this guy's new program, and you know his offensive coordinator and all that stuff, and you're out there now. You got you're on prime time TV against Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones and Devontae at historic Lambeau Field. You know, after about a quarter or two, you just say, well, "I don't care." Well, who cares? You just start flying around, and you start using your instinct. You know, you. you, you it's it is time. You start to make it is play. time. It is time, and and that's what the Panthers did, and that's why they were a pain in the butt to get out in the second half. And you got to make those adjustments, and you got to play all four quarters because th- that's what the great thing about the NFL is the parity. Mike Clemens, uh, your expertise is always welcome. Thank you, Bart. Appreciate it. See you, buddy. Bye bye. Mike Clemens, good tribute there. I'm. Glad he was able to put that together regarding the late Kevin Green, Mike Clemens, NFL on Twitter. If you're applying for a home renovation loan and you're a bit anxious, remember our friends at Great Midwest Bank. They're going to help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.